All right, everybody, we're going to get into message three of our Luke and Jesus series. This one's called Tax Collectors and Jesus. We're going to start off in Luke chapter 5, verses 27 through 32, and it reads like this. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him, and Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. And then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to Repentance. Now, again, this message is entitled Tax Collectors and Jesus. And here's why it's titled that way. Because at the very beginning of Jesus's ministry, we get this story in Luke's gospel of Jesus calling one tax collector named Levi, also known as Matthew, the same Matthew that wrote the gospel of Matthew. Jesus calls this tax collector to come and follow him. And Luke puts this at the beginning of Jesus's ministry in his gospel account. But what we also find towards the end of Jesus's public ministry phase is another tax collector in Luke chapter 19. It's almost as if it's almost as if Luke in the writing of his gospels he bookends Jesus's ministry with these two guys with with one tax collector named Levi also known as Matthew and one tax collector named Zacchaeus. Now let's go and read what happens In Zacchaeus' story, in Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10, we read this. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. And he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Now, if you're paying attention in both stories, there are a ton of similarities. Like, there are a ton of things that are echoing back and forth. But what I think is most powerful is that we need to reflect on this, that both stories end with Jesus giving a statement, a mission statement, about why he is here. What is his purpose? In the story of Matthew, the tax collector, Jesus says it's not the healthy who need a doctor. It is the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And at the end of Zacchaeus, the tax collector's story, Jesus says the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. 
Now let's go back in time a little bit. A little bit earlier in Luke's gospel, when Jesus begins his ministry in Nazareth, uh, in Luke 4, 14 through 30, there's a lot that we read there. I want to point out some things. In verse 15, it says that he was teaching, Jesus was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. In verse 22, it says that all spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. In verse 28 through 29, all the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. Wow, what a way to start a story. And again, Luke chapter 4 is really the beginning of, it's the very beginning of Jesus' public ministry. And Luke immediately gives us three stories. One where people are amazed at his words. One where people hate what he's saying, right? I mean, like we're seeing that the crowds just are responding in radically different ways to Jesus. That sometimes they absolutely love him. Sometimes they're absolutely furious with him. Luke says Jesus was praised by everyone, that all spoke well of him and loved the words coming from his lips, and now they are furious and want to kill him. Now here's the question. Why would Luke construct the story this way? What is Luke trying to teach us by this arrangement? And I think it's this. I think maybe Luke is giving us a little taste of how crazy this story of Jesus is going to get. Jesus isn't going to be what we expect, and the story is going to have some very interesting surprises along the way, and all the best stories do. I mean, you're reading along in Luke chapter 4, and you're like, man, they love what Jesus is saying. They all think he's amazing. And, I mean, you don't even finish the first of that chapter, and you get to where it flips completely, and they go from loving him, and he's amazing, to let's kill this guy. I think that Luke's prepping us to just go into his gospel knowing Jesus isn't always going to be what we expect him to be. That there's going to be some things about Jesus that we're going to love, 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 love a lot about Jesus. But there are going to be some things about Jesus that are just going to really catch us off guard. And I think that Luke wants us to know this up front, that he's trying to prep us that we need to have our eyes open. We need to have an open mind and open ears to really hear and see and, and just embrace who Jesus is, what Jesus is teaching us, and the truth and love that Jesus is pouring out into our lives because everything that Jesus does is good. He's the way, the truth, and the life. We need to absorb all of Jesus. And Luke wants us to know, man, there are going to be moments like the crowds loved him one moment and then they were furious the next, and we need to pay attention to this. We need to know the importance of it. This is not going to go the way that we think it will. Up to the point in this story, all the people know is that, that Jesus is a really good teacher and appears to have some unique authority behind what he says, but something is different about Jesus. And as we keep moving forward in Luke's gospel account, we discover that now Jesus will begin to not only teach, but he's going to perform miracles, signs, and wonders as well. In Luke 4, 31 through 37, Jesus casts a demon out of a guy, and people are amazed because of the authority and power he had over the demonic to obey him, to force the demonic to obey him. Again, Jesus is different. In Luke 4, 38 through 44, Jesus heals Peter, his would-be disciple's mother-in-law. And that same night, people brought all sorts of sick people and demon-possessed people to Jesus, and he healed them. In Luke 4, 43, uh, 
Jesus says, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom to the other towns also because that is why I was sent. Here is what we need to know. Jesus is getting to work. Jesus is getting to work. And Jesus is going out. And we see immediately, I just, I can't get over the fact that one of the first stories that Luke gives us is of a tax collector. And one of the last stories before Jesus enters into the Passion Week, the, the last week of his life when Jesus is going to ultimately be crucified for the sins of the world, we see the story of two tax collectors. And the main point behind both of these, it's almost as if at the very beginning of Jesus' mission, Luke wants to remind us, Jesus is here to rescue people. If you were to sum up all of Jesus' life and ministry in one phrase, it could be this. It could be this. Jesus came to rescue. Jesus came to rescue. And so at the beginning of his public ministry, we get the story of Matthew, also known as Levi, a tax collector that no one else would want to be included, that everyone else hated, that everyone else would say, this guy doesn't deserve a spot on the team. And yet Jesus comes and calls him out. And when questioned, Jesus says, this is why I've came. I've not come for the healthy. They don't need a doctor. I've come for the sick. I haven't come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I've come to rescue people. And Luke bookends Jesus' public ministry leading into Passion Week with another tax collector the stories are almost identical to each other, and the cl- conclusions are identical as well. I've came to seek and to save the lost. What was Jesus here to do, students? To rescue people. To rescue people. And to rescue us from things that we didn't even know we needed rescued from. Jesus comes offering healing and salvation. And the word salvation, can I just tell you this? The word salvation means to be complete, to be whole, not lacking anything. Jesus has come to make us whole people, to make us fully human again. Remember, humans were created in God's image. God looked at us and said, it is very good. Jesus is coming to rescue us and bring us back to what it means to truly be human, to restore us, to give us new life, and to reconnect us to God, the source of all life through his death, burial, resurrection from the dead. That if through faith in him, if we will just come to Jesus and say, I want this rescue, that I know in me that life isn't what it should be. I know that it isn't what it should be. There's a hole that I can't seem to fill. And maybe I've been trying to pursue it. Maybe I've just settled into being the outcast and the reject. And so I don't care if I take advantage of others because nobody cares about me anyways. Like whatever the circumstances are, Luke is making it obvious because Jesus made it obvious. His mission is simple rescue. His mission is simple rescue. So that brings us to me and you. Jesus is offering rescue, but you want to know who will get rescued? Are the ones that acknowledge they actually need it. Jesus will rescue anyone 
who's willing to admit that they actually need rescued. To those that will call out, Jesus will bring life and he'll bring restoration and he'll bring healing and he'll bring forgiveness to them. And Jesus even calls for you to come to him. In fact, the Bible says that we can only come to Jesus if he has called us. He must call and then we can respond. But he calls out, all who are weary and heavy burden, come to me and I will give you rest. Why? Because he's here to rescue. And everything else that God does, and I want to make this very clear because does God discipline? Yes. Does God correct? Yes. Does God judge? Yes. Does God do all of these? Yes. But what's the mission of God on earth? When God showed up wrapped in human flesh, what was his mission? Rescue. Rescue. As if we were all swimming in a pool. And we're swimming and we're swimming. And we're in the deep end of the pool and we're getting tired. And we're fighting for our lives. We just keep swimming through depression, through sorrow, through sadness, through the craziness of life, through the hurts and the betrayals, through the pain that we feel inside and out, right? Through everything that's going on, through the bullying, through the, through the not sure of what's happening in the future, the fear and the anxiety, whatever it is, we just feel like we're constantly swimming for our lives, but we're getting exhausted. And here comes Jesus. He's saying, I can pull you up. I can rescue you if you want. Who wants rescued? And all you'd have to do is call out his name and Jesus comes and he rescues and he restores and he brings life and he teaches you how to become fully human again and how to find the good life. And anyone who wants it can have it. Anyone who wants what Jesus has to offer can have it. Why? That's why he came. It's two tax collectors and Jesus. I've come to f- give you what real life is. If you want it. If you'll come and follow me. If you'll learn from me. I'll teach you. I'll teach you how to find true life. I'll bring rescue. I'll bring restoration. I'll bring forgiveness. I'll bring healing. I can offer all of this to you. If you just trust in me. If you'll put your faith in Jesus. And if you'll go with him, you can be rescued. My prayer for you today and my prayer for me today is that we would acknowledge that Jesus is getting to work. And through the tale of two tax collectors in Jesus, we discover what God's purpose on the earth is to rescue the image of himself in the earth. His his children, human beings. I want you to find rescue in Jesus. I want to be rescued by Jesus. And not only do I want to find that for myself, and not only do I want you to find that, I want us to participate in the rescue mission of Jesus by going and telling others what Jesus has done for us. That I was drowning in life, and Jesus came and offered me life. He offered to pull me up. He'll do that for you. He'll do it for me. We just have to say yes to Jesus and we have to let him rescue us. And whatever else that God is doing in the world, 
all of it should boil back down through the funnel of it's a rescue. In everything that he's doing, it all funnels back down to he's rescuing people. Let's cry out to Jesus for rescue. No one else can save like Jesus can. Let's look to Jesus.